hundreds of thousands hold their breath on Merseyside. It's Xabi Alonso for three, three is saved, and Alonso follows it in! It's wonderful! It's marvellous! It's three, three in the European Cup final! And a warm welcome along to the Red Agenda on The Athletic. No winter break for the team here, and uh, rightly so, because Simon Hughes and James Pearce have got to deliver their verdict on uh, a lot of different things. I'm Steve Hothersall. We're going to talk transfer links. Philip Coutinho is on our agenda. Why leaving Liverpool for any club in the world now is a step down, and also how Adam Lallana might reflect on his time with the Reds. Also, loads of great topics that you've raised on the Red Agenda inbox. The likes of how do you manage players on a winter break, or who would you like to score the goal that seals the Premier League title? It's all on this podcast over the course of the next hour. This is the Red Agenda on The Athletic and the podcast is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. By downloading the Bet365 app, you can access both pre-match and in-play markets along with instant match updates for all. The Bet365 Bet Builder also allows you to make personalised bets via the app so you can bet on multiple scenarios and create your own bet with unique odds right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store, over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Let's have a chat with Simon and uh, and James. And we're going to start with Felipe Coutinho. So Barcelona was his initial destination from there to uh, Germany, where perhaps things aren't going as well as he would have planned. And there has been reports in recent days that he will be allowed to leave Barcelona for a cut price deal. So should you ever take him back is there a stigma attached to him Simon <laughs> it's a big old debate uh, is this a player that, that Liverpool would like to see back or not under any circumstances is it, is it price dictated I think it will mainly be price yeah um, I mean they, they, they signed him Barcelona for such a inflated fee in the first place you know Liverpool would never be in that sort of market for a player who was ultimately sold because you know it, it gets forgotten at the time Liverpool did a pretty good job of convincing everybody you know that uh, everything was so good at Liverpool with him, and you know it wasn't really a problem. That the reality was he was an absolute pain. Was he? Was, it, was he frustrating for Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, over that summer of two thousand and what was it, two thousand seventeen? He he was playing up a lot and developed an injury, which sort of coincided with him being told that he wasn't going to be allowed to leave that summer. Which behind the scenes, the club sort of suspected he he was sort of refusing to play really and. He was quite sour behind the scenes, you know, sort of not very good in the dressing room. And I think um, Klopp, although they realised, you know, we keep him for as long as we can, sort of realised, well, you know, let's prepare for his exit. And in the end, you know, sort of found, realised really that the team didn't necessarily need him. Now, there were times in the course that season, you could argue Liverpool missed him when, you know, they played Real Madrid in the final. Of course, they're going to benefit from him being there at the time. But over the course of a long period of time, I think it's allowed other players to develop relationships on the pitch. Which, which I think Klopp was able to see there was more to come from you know the the link between Firmino and the two the two players either side of him and and that the team needed more legs in midfield for those three players to be able to function at the way that they have. So I think Liverpool have sort of pushed past Coutinho now, really, because he's a great player, mm. you know, capable of of anything really. But have his have his I, levels suffered dramatically since well, his move to Barcelona and Bayern? I'll be honest, I haven't seen him a great deal. Um maybe it's unfair to judge him well it is unfair just to judge him on the games that he played against Liverpool last season. But he was really it was the one thing that got probably got forgotten got was by his own fans, didn't yeah. It? Well even in the new camp when Barcelona beat Liverpool three 0 
they were on them that night. The fans, you could feel it. You could really feel it. And Barcelona had lost that game, which they could have done to Liverpool because Liverpool played really well in the new camp and still lost 3-0 thanks to Messi. Had Liverpool got a result that night, I think the story would have been Coutinho and how relentless they were. Like he was he was getting, every time he made a mistake, the crowd had grown and they, they don't like him really. They, I don't think they think he's up to the standard of Barcelona and he's become the player that they sort of prey upon because of his his price. Um, and then obviously then a week later they, they come to Anfield and he, he was a desperate performance I thought from him that night throughout the game not just the, the second half so he seems to be lacking a lot of confidence and ironically enough could do with a Klopp style you know a uh, bit of help really because he I think he re- needs to rediscover who he is as a player I don't know where it all leaves him to be honest because you know his pr- his price was so high that he's probably marketed himself out of a lot of interested clubs in the first place. He probably needed this move to really... Well, he did need this move to work to Barcelona. Obviously, he hasn't. He starts off okay at Bayern Munich, I believe, speaking to Rafa Honenstein, who works for, for, for the Athletic. He was saying that he started off well, but then it is obviously tailed off. And, you know, I think Barcelona, uh, Bayern, from what I can gather, sort of just wanted him for the season, really, and got quite a good deal out of that. So, so obviously, a great um, talent, and he's got a, a mixture of things he can offer any team, goals, creativity... Is he what Liverpool need? No. If, you, if you're just looking at no, his skill set. So. No, I think I think you can never say never on the basis of what we talked about, saying about being a price dictated. If if the asking price mm. for him dipped to a level where suddenly you thought, well, hang on a minute, you know, would be stupid not to get involved in the conversation at this level. But I just don't realistically see that happening. I mean, Coutinho would jump at the chance to come back to Liverpool tomorrow. I think there's absolutely no doubt about that, and I don't think there'd be any issues. In the dressing room with the players, you know, I think player-wise, he left on pretty good terms. You know, he was he was still. You know, players tend to be a bit more forgiving probably than than fans mm. and staff when people act up and are trying to force through a move. But you know, Liverpool were never interested last summer. Not of the figures that they were being touted. I mean, it was an eight million pound loan fee, and had to cover his two hundred and fifty thousand pound a week wages. Um, and then Bayern got the option to buy him. I think I think it's for one hundred and ten million. So you think that those kind of figures, you know, Liverpool, it was it was a very very short conversation between between Jurgen Klopp and and Michael Edwards. I just think Klopp feels as if Liverpool have evolved and gone forward post Coutinho. And I think I, mem- I remember being in a, a like a breakout chat that Klopp did with the newspapers not long after he'd gone, and you know clearly he was disappointed to lose Coutinho, but he also said he felt that Liverpool as a team could become a lot more unpredictable attacking wise because he said that. He always felt that because Coutinho was operating at you know at a level where almost teammates looked to him to make something happen, and so when you know especially in tight games where Liverpool were dominating mm. the ball, it was almost you know give it to Coutinho, give it to Coutinho. Like now, now it's down to you to unlock that defence. And he just felt that without that, Liverpool could suddenly become a lot more unpredictable and hurt teams from different angles in different areas. And I think he's been proved right. I think it would be a backward step to bring Coutinho. Is, back is there a position it. you'd shoehorn him into now in the first eleven well, if that's... everyone's fit or not? No, I, I don't think he gets into he the team. Get he doesn't get into the team no. at the moment. I mean, next season is going to be different to this season. Klopp's always looking at ways of sort of evolving the team and trying to find ways of hurting the opposition. Now, at this moment in time, that that you would say that the the, the established midfield three would be probably Fabinho. Henderson and Wijnaldum. Now, Coutinho's not going to replace Wijnaldum. There's a bit of uncertainty over his future, but I, I think his contract will get sorted out in the end because Klopp absolutely loves the player. You know, he's, he sums up exactly what 
Liverpool are about in many ways, you know, his versatility, his endurance, everything that he's got, his skill, great player. He'll stay, I think. I'd be majorly surprised if Liverpool allowed him to, to leave. So where does he get in there? He's not going to get in the midfield, particularly as a player. Klopp tended to play him more on the left, didn't he, really, in, in the seasons when he was there. He's not going to get in ahead of Mane unless Mane decides that he wants a new challenge at the end of the season, which could be, who knows, it might be might be possible. He might, he might have his head turned by Real Madrid. I'm not saying... You're I, not I, hearing those I'm not hearing those all, things. I'm you? not saying that he will, but you just, you can't legislate for how a player might, he might decide, well, I've won the Champions League, I've won the league at Liverpool. It's time for a new challenge. You never know, do you? I'm not saying... Well, I, when would those processes start, do you think? I reckon probably already, to be honest. Because well, let's face it, some clubs are going to be interested yeah. in Salah Mane, well, um, Firmino. So when, when, would, the, when nah, would they... I don't see any of those... Any, any you don't of, see anyone moving? No, no. no but there would be no. tentative inquiries, would there? Oh, cool. Yeah, of course there would. I mean, I think there was stuff in one of the papers today about Bayern Munich being after Firmino. But it's just, you know, why, why would you leave Liverpool? You know, as Simon said, the only possibility would be that you almost feel like you've ticked all the boxes at Liverpool... And it's like, I just fancy, you know, a different experience, mm. a different country, a different culture or whatever. But no, I just, I don't see it because I, why would you not want to be, I, th- I think the, those elite players love being part of this so much and what Klopp has created. Anything from Liverpool at the moment is a step down. Yeah. So, you know, and, and these, these are players as well. I think it'd be different if Mane was 31, 32 or something mm. and on the other side going down. But he's not, he's, no, he's still... At the, you know, at the absolute peak of his powers. So why would you not want to stay around at Liverpool for the next two, three years minimum and make this like an absolute golden era for the club? So as Simon said, you can never... You know, things happen in football, which you, you think, you know, sometimes is stranger than fiction, but I don't I don't see a situation... Well, look, you, but you boys them... work in the industry and you, you will expect within the coming months to see that back page headline somewhere, won't you? Barca in for oh, Mane. I, think or... so. I, mean, it, it, I mean, it'd be strange if they weren't, wouldn't it? Yeah. You'd, you'd be... Real Madrid, Real Madrid would, would like to sign him. There's no doubt about that. I mean, particularly with, you know, Gareth Bale, I would think will eventually leave mm. Real Madrid. That sort of position on the left side of the pitch. Obviously, Ronaldo went 18 months ago. They are looking in that sort of area. Hazard has barely played this season. It's been a bit of a flop in Spain, you know, because there's no Spanish footy on British TV. We've sort of missed all that, really, but it's mm. been quite a, a remarkable, a remarkably bad season for him. So... They would like to sign him, but as James, as James says, I'm, you know, must be qualified. This is a different situation for Jurgen Klopp. It's not like when he was at Dortmund and he was losing players to Bayern Munich. He's not going to lose any players to any domestic rivals anymore as Liverpool manager. That's that 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 problem has gone away now because Liverpool are so good. So the and, only, and, the and only it's only... nothing like when Suarez left the football club, even though no. Liverpool Liverpool's you know, a challenge for a title. It's a completely yeah. different landscape. Liverpool's isn't it? a different club. So I mean, Suarez, let's not forget, had this ongoing desire to go and play for Barcelona for a number of emotional reasons, which you can sort of understand. You know, his his wife's family had spent a lot of time there, and he wanted to be closer to that. So I get all that. Now it's only whether what any of these players decide, as James says, that they want some totally different cultural change, but. At the moment, like Bar- the only two clubs that could afford any Liverpool players are Barcelona and Real Madrid, and both of those clubs are in a bit of transition. Now you could say, "Well, I want to go and play for Barcelona," but you might end up that they that there's every chance Barcelona next season, unless they have a dramatic upturn. The club's in a bit of a crisis. You know, Messi looks like he wants to leave. Would you want to go and be a part of that when Liverpool everything is there, like everything is there for you to become an absolute legend of the club? All these players who win the title. 
the first season are going to be remembered in 30, 40 years' time as absolute legends. So you're, you're stating that right now, leaving Liverpool to go to Barcelona or Real Madrid is a step down for any player. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Liverpool, at the, at the moment, are the best team in world football. Why would you want to go and play for another team? It's Liverpool are the best position that they've been in since you know the glory years. And I also think Klopp is... is one of the, it's obviously one of the major reasons why Klopp's decided to stay. I was actually quite surprised when he signed that contract because I thought he might think, kind of, you know, kind of take this on further. But listening to people who, you know, represent him, they think that he can, or he, sorry, he thinks that he he can create a new dynasty within Liverpool over the next couple of years. And that, it's not just about winning the league; it's about winning it again mm. and then again. That's what they want to do. So, as imagine that attitude will filter down through the players and let's not forget as well going back to the Coutinho thing Klopp said recently you know when he was asked about Mbappe should we sign Mbappe of course he'd love to sign him he's an incredible player and if if he was available for all the money in the world I'd sign him because I think he's going to be a player for the next decade the only concern is about him is he going to be a Michael Owen where he pulls his armstring and then pop but he said the other, the other week on record you know we need to sign the next player of these types which they've got they've got Harvey Elliott I think I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but he could become whatever he wants to be. I, I, I think he's got everything there. Great temperaments, you know, got a bit of a swagger about him, but great temperaments, got all the ability. He could he could be Salah's replacement. Then you've got Curtis Jones, who's moved up several levels last 18 months, I think. You know, there's a, they're looking to sign the next player, you know, the the, mm. the next unheard of player. So for me, for Coutinho, it was like sort of yesterday. It would be a backward step. Should, yeah. should you ever open the door to a player who's been at your club before? Obviously, the leaving of Liverpool, it's a, something we might do a pod on in the summer on its own. Yeah. But is there ever a way that a player comes back to a football club and it works properly for them? I think it can do. I mean... Rushy returns. Yeah. I Robbie mean, Fowler did, fact, but it yeah. was a different Fowler. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I think, yeah, I don't think you can, you can generalise and say never never go back. But I think the other thing with Coutinho is Klopp is an incredibly loyal manager. And, you know, the, one of the reasons he has this close bond with the players, he's very mm. honest and open with them. Um, but he also expects that loyalty to come back the other way. And I think he felt he didn't, he didn't have that with Coutinho. And it definitely did irk him the fact that, you know, the, the antics, I remember... It was, you know, it was. What was it? The transfer request went in. What was it? The day before the opening day of the season at Watford. Mm. You know, that was that was a deliberate attempt to unsettle Liverpool on the mm. on the the eve of the new season. And I think some people do have short memories in terms of how badly he behaved around that to try and do everything he can to to force Liverpool's hand. And even I remember hearing Klopp. Klopp was very clear as well around the end of that summer window that when he was asked about it, he said the owners have been clear. He said the owners have put us, did you not see the owner's statement? Because I think it didn't sit well with Klopp, the idea of keeping someone who didn't want to be there. Because I think in his head, you're either you're either 100% committed to this or I don't particularly want you here. But I think it had become such a point of principle because it had got so late in the window and the owners knew that Liverpool wouldn't be able to properly replace Coutinho, that they 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 were like absolutely adamant, we are not getting bullied by Barcelona. There was, you know, the... The fact that over the previous decade Liverpool had lost elite players, you know, pretty much on other clubs' terms rather than their own terms, they were like, "This is not. This is a line in the sand. This is not going to happen this time." Um, and then I think the fact that then, you know, as soon as the window shut, this mystery back injury cleared up. It's like you know, obviously Klopp wasn't going to cut his nose off to spite his face and use Coutinho in that first half of mm. the season, and he arguably arguably produced the best form of his his Liverpool career. But then when it got to 
you know, December time and he was still absolutely adamant he wanted out and Klopp tried to convince him, you know, the owners were prepared to give Coutinho another new contract, you know, with more money to try, you know, to put, you know why do you not just see it out to the end of the, let's just give it to the end of the season. You know, why would you want to leave now? And let's not forget, he couldn't even play for Barcelona, could he, in the knockout stages of the Champions League after he left? And they, you know, I think they effectively had La Liga almost wrapped up. So it was like, why not just sit tight for five months? You could win the Champions League with Liverpool here. But he wouldn't, he just wouldn't do it. And I think the most telling quote that Klopp came out with, I think it was a day after the deal had gone through, was he said, in the end, I says, I decided we couldn't have even used Coutinho for the rest of the season if we'd stopped him. Which goes back to so Simon's his departure point. was it's... fundamental to Liverpool's development, really. Oh yeah, well, especially when when you look at where that those funds went, because you mm. know effectively paid for very... Virgil Van Dijk and Alison Becker. Very brave by Liverpool, and at the time, I remember when he sold him, I, I was quite critical of of the way it has all come about and this that and the other. But you know, fair play to them; they made it work for for them. You know, they turned it into a positive, and Klopp has seen the gaps. You know, has seen great player, but you know. That's what I do like about Klopp. He always thinks there's a solution. There's always other players. You know, there's always... You know, you look at, for example, when he was Dortmund manager, I thought, oh, they might bring some Dortmund players. He hasn't He hasn't done that, has he? He's, he's got no... Mm. Am I right in saying he signed no Dortmund players when he came no, to I the mean, club? He tried to sign Goethe, didn't he? He tried to sign Goethe, and there was a bit of talk around Sabotic when they were, you know, struggling for centre-backs. But he always likes the idea of developing new players, developing new relationships with players... And I think there's a little bit of that as well. I wonder whether there's only so much sometimes with players. I mean, that that could fit. That could creep in over the next like, sort of eighteen months, where players are thinking, "Oh God, he's hard to work for after you know four or five years," and that might cause them to think, you know, might want to try something else. That doesn't mean that it you know reflect badly on Klopp. It's just the way he is. So he's constantly looking at ways of improving the team. And I, I remember after Guardiola um, won the title with the records points total at Man City couple of seasons ago that summer he decided to bring in all sorts of new fines and, and this that and the other and actually backfires a little because remember writing a story about how Kevin De Bruyne got injured because he was late for training got fined straight away by Guardiola on the spot went into training flew into a tackle got injured was out for the first four weeks five mm. weeks of the season now I'm not saying the club's going to do that but the point is, he's always looking at ways of trying to change things and tweak things to make Liverpool less predictable, as James said earlier. So, will the Liverpool shape of the team be a bit different next season? Will he bring in another type of player, you know, to, to try and make Liverpool evolve again? You know, constantly change. It'll be interesting to see how the team does change. I mean, I know Liverpool aren't going to make massive... I don't think Liverpool are going to make massive signings this summer, but there might be one or two that you just think, oh, because they, they've, they've made a, they've got a track record of making a little bit left-field signings, really, the last well, you, few you've, seasons. You've they? pretty much nailed down this fact that they're not going to go out for the superstars. Yeah. Whereas you might expect a team that's widely regarded as the very best in the world would would take its its pick of any name yeah. it wants. And that, that's an interesting... Uh, interesting way of doing it. Perhaps, you know, if it is Real Madrid or Barcelona, they look at the other way of doing it, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. That they, they go out for the biggest. So, well, the, the one thing I must say is the age of this Liverpool team that, that allows them to do that a little bit because it's a bit like, you know, the way people used to speak about Liverpool in the 60s and 70s. You know, the, the age of the team is all at a peak. You know, you're still expecting, in, in theory, mm. if all goes well, this team could stay, stay together for the next sort of three to four seasons, which allows them to buy the younger players allow Harvey Elliott. I mean, he's 16 years, he's 16, 17 years old. Still 16. Which yeah. is incredible. In three or four years. You've got big resi- hopes for him, haven't you? Oh, I think he's going to be really More than good. Curtis? I think Curtis so, yeah. Jones? I, I mean, yeah. I, I think the question mark over Curtis is his own expectations of himself a little bit sometimes, you know, in terms of he's clearly desperate to get in the team. 
I just hope he doesn't make a, a Bobby Duncan style decision and thinks, you know, I'm going to go and try something else. Because I, I think he could, particularly yeah. with Artem Lallana, we're going to talk about him later, I'm sure. It doesn't look like he's going to play at Liverpool next season, so it means that there's going to be space in that area. You know, the sort of the attacking left sides of players sometimes or central midfields, you know, he fills those roles on a, on a, you know, on occasion. So there's space there being created for him. So I, I, I love I love just the swagger of Curtis Jones in the way, you know, over the last 10 years, we've become accustomed to English football, particularly to a lot of young English footballers looking like prayer boys, you know what I mean? And, very, you know, they've come through the system and they do all the things right, but he, he plays off the cuff a little bit. Do you know what it is? It's, yeah. it's scouse cockiness yeah. in a nice way. Yeah. You know, not treating that word cockiness in a yeah. in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is, isn't it? It's, it is, yeah. it's almost like a football in arrogance. It's it's nice to watch. He's, yeah. he, he backs himself 100%, yeah. doesn't he? he? Doesn't he? I mean, I know he thinks in his head, you know, he should be in the team now, speaking mm. to people, which I, I, there's nothing wrong with that, but as long as he's... He, that's sort of tempered yeah. a little bit. No, he's got. I think he yeah. has got good people mm. around him. Mm. Curtis Jones. I think that's the difference, maybe, with, with some other youngsters that have, that have come through uh, in in recent years. The fact that I think he does got good advice, and I think and Liverpool's academy stuff like that in him. The fact that he does have that self belief because that you know you have a lot of young players who actually the staff spend a lot of their time trying to drill that confidence and belief <laughs> and backing themselves mm. into them. I think you'd as a coach you'd rather you'd rather see someone with that swagger. And maybe just work with them a little bit to, sh- to ensure it doesn't turn into arrogance, you know, a misplaced confidence than the other way when you're trying to constantly build someone up who who doesn't back themselves. So I think Curtis Jones. Which which one would you go for if you were going to say? Because there was a question sent in by uh, Tin and McGiven, and we'll get to more questions later on. Yeah. In- in the inbox, but he says, "What academy player would you think realistically gets into Klopp's plans for next season?" I think Curtis. So is it, is it Curtis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's the he's the most advanced. I think in terms of his his development, I wouldn't have said that a year ago. No chance. I thought I, I thought he would be one of those ones that just disappeared off into the Championship or League mm. One or whatever. But I think he's developed incredibly in the last twelve months, and I think also it shows what Klopp's talked about as well is. We had this kind of thing, perception in this country that kids like Curtis Jones have to go out on loan. They have to go and play men's football to like toughen up. And and then, you know, there's a place for that in the loan system and it does help some players. But I think his development shows as well that in what Klopp's created at Melwood, that you can actually really benefit from just training with those elite players mm. day day after day. And you can actually take the steps that you need to take without leaving Liverpool for a season and, and going to, you know, play it. Stoke or Sheffield Wednesday or whatever. Shevchenko scored the winner two years ago. He's up against Duday. Will he hand Liverpool the European Cup? Yes! European champions! Jersey Dudek with a penalty save! Right, this is the Red Agenda on The Athletic uh, with myself, Steve Hoversall, Simon Hughes and James Pearce. This athletic podcast brought to you in association with Stitch Fix, an online personal styling service that takes the hard work out of dressing well. So if you head to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic, you'll get the chance to fill in a style quiz 
Uh, you just fill in stuff about your personal style, your budget, your size, your shape, and your clothing needs and your wants as well. Personal Stylist then sends you five items of clothing, each handpicked. Uh, for you from our selection of 100 brands. It includes uh, established names and up-and-coming designers as well. You try it all on at home, style yourself at home, pay for what you like, send the rest back. And for your stylist time, you pay a charge of just a tenner, and that's deducted from the cost of anything you want to buy. Uh, remember, you try before you buy. Delivery and returns are both free. Get started with uh, Stitch Fix today and support our podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic. Uh, that's stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic. Right, this is the Red Agenda. Let's talk about Adam Lalana. I, I was always sort of convinced that he would get a, another year, only because of what is quite apparent in terms of Jurgen Klopp's admiration for, for Adam Lallana. He's, he's been relatively vocal all the time, hasn't he, James, about how much he likes the player. But it seems his time at Liverpool is probably coming to an end at the end of the season. Yeah, I thought he probably would leave, um, to be honest, Robert Peter earlier on in the season, saying that it just looked like the right kind of parting of the ways for, for all parties. I think, what is he, he's coming up 32 in, in May. And I just think, yeah, the, the 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 Klopp's love for him, I think, is well known. I think you know, you think about the early days of Klopp's reign, and one of the you know the one of the kind of images you think of is Lallana falling into his arms, absolutely shattered when he got brought off late on in that first game at Tottenham, and Lallana kind of epitomised the kind of the work ethic of you know the the first instalment of gagging pressing being brought in, and um and he was he was huge in that season, and one of the most naturally gifted. English players of his generation, I think Lallana, I think, but you know, through no real fault of his own, he's been blighted by injuries in in recent years. His importance to the team has dwindled. You know, he's still still made some important contributions this season. I mean, Liverpool are only unbeaten now because of his late equaliser at at Old Trafford. What was that back in October? Um, but yeah, I just don't see him. It's just a sign of how far Liverpool have moved on. And at this stage in his career, I think he needs to go somewhere and play regularly. Um, the fact he's a free agent as well means that you know it'll be the last big contract of his career. We we'll get mm. a, a massive signing on fee and a decent deal elsewhere. So um, you know, I think if if he was really determined to stay put, I think they would have agreed you know a, a year extension probably. But I think if you're Lalana, why would you take a year extension at Liverpool when? you can have a lot more lucrative offers on the table to go and play more regularly next season. Suits both parties. It's time at Liverpool will be looked on in different ways by different supporters. Had some good seasons and some other periods where perhaps it's been unfulfilled. Will it? Will he leave feeling it's been a success, Simon? I, mean, I think he's bound to feel some sense of regret because, as James said, he first season under Klopp, he, he, he was crucial in that run to the um the Europa League final and and was outstanding in a lot of games but that was one season in how many seasons have you been here? Five? Six years Six he's been years. all together. Yeah. That's the only season that you'd say he's really had a, a properly full season at it. You know, the first season was obviously a really bad one to go in for the club and then he had that and then since then he it felt a little bit like last season that the team had sort of bypassed him. He's had moments this season as I thought he he obviously scores the goal at Old Trafford. I thought he played better at Villa Park than people were prepared to admit. Maybe I'd revise that if he'd not won the game. But mm. and then against Everton, fantastic uh, Everton. I, I've got to say, yeah. was well twice uh, against Everton in, yeah. in in the league and the FA Cup. He gave one of the the a great Anfield performance. I mean, 
I think obviously on that night, particularly the FA Cup game, where there's so much focus on what the young kids did, that should be remembered as one of the the, the sort of the, the the better Anfield performances in terms of you know um, individual performances of any Liverpool team actually, but it'll never get remembered like that. So I mean, I I I saw I made this comparison before, but I I sort of feel a little bit about him like the way people do about Andy Carroll in some ways, you know. You're never going to slaughter Andy Carroll because he scored against Everton twice and saved Liverpool in a semi-final in in, in mm. 2012. So you can't have a go at him. And similarly, you know, Adam Lallana has had some great moments and sort of was at the start of the whole Klopp story, which it's been just unparalleled success since. So he was at the base of that story, really. So you've got to give him some credit, but I just feel... He, he, if you miss so many games, you bounce. I think, oh, I wish I'd been a part of that. You know, best years of your life playing football, and you know where he goes now. We'll be interested to see. I mean, I, I suspect I'd be surprised to see him stay in the Premier League. To be honest, I think he, he, he won't be short of offers. There's been quite a lot of players going out to Italy recently. I think there's a trend of English players. Like 20 years ago, it was the old Italian players coming out to England. It's going the other way now, isn't it? And I think. He might suit him going going and playing in a, in a in a game in a game where he's not having to run quite as much. Perhaps maybe that's unkind on on Italian football. Maybe they do run more, but <laughs> but, but the physical. I don't know. I just think he might fancy a change of scenery. You know, I know he's had a few offers from the US, but that would be having listened to, to Stephen Gerrard talk about his experiences in the US, where it was even more physically demanding. Yeah, than the it's Premier not League. as easy as like, it's made out. Honestly, is it? you're getting battered every, you know, in training in a physically demanding game over there. I don't think that'd be the best move for him. So it'd be interesting to see what he does. But I, I as James says, I, I enjoy watching him play. And when he, but he's one of those players as well. It sort of frustrates fans because it feels like he keeps hold of the ball a bit too much. Sometimes, you know, he gets wrapped up in himself a little bit. Loves but, a Cruyff term. Yeah, loves a Cruyff term. But, yeah, he'll be remembered as as a solid Liverpool player who who had had some had some moments. I think. It'll always be remembered in my head for the ninety fifth minute at Norwich. Yes, of course. That, that, yeah, that, to yeah, me, that yeah. that is Adam Lallana. Whenever I think back of it, I'll just think of Klopp's glasses, five four, yeah. and the the ludicrous. Oh, it wasn't ludicrous. The, well, the the brilliant celebrations which followed yeah. it. That's Adam Lallana for me. Yeah, is, is that fair to say that's sort of the first? Chaotic game that Liverpool played under Klopp, where yes, you just like sort of this team. This yeah. it's a bit different now. Like that, this team can do some mad things. You know, yeah. uh, that was the game where I sort because I remember what that game. I was oh, thinking, was oh my game? god, yeah. Liverpool, you're so bad defensively, weren't they? But they just kept going, kept going, and it just showed you, you know, sort of he's already put a bit of character into into that team, mm. and with players who you know have been lambasted before as not having the character to do that sort of thing, and. But it I also think, showed the team unity, perhaps yeah, for yeah. one of the very first time that he that he'd yeah. installed. Yeah, there's a great video somewhere of someone putting the the, the celebrations to the theme tune of Baywatch. <laughs> it's uh, it, it must be knocking around on Twitter still somewhere. It's because uh, uh, yeah, Klopp was absolutely brilliant when he, he charged down the t- he ended up on the pitch didn't he in that bundle. I think it was Sacco ended up uh, giving inadvertently giving Klopp the whack that broke his glasses. The yeah. uh, which I don't think played any part in Sacco's in his exit. <laughs> I think he did all that all, him, all himself with his antics on it was that. Was your tour, fault but... that James? We got, <laughs> that. You got rid of him. Right, it's the red agenda on the athletic. Loads of brilliant questions in uh, this week. Really appreciate these. So thanks for taking the time to get involved uh, when we punt for them. So we'll try and get through as many as possible. Uh, we'll start with Ryan. We'll be interested to hear some insight about how the players are managed during a winter break. I'm sure they're given a personal plan each, but what does it entail? What are they asked of? 
And how often do they check in? This Come on, like boys, a, do you have insight? This sounds like <laughs> an actual article we should be writing. I don't know whether we should be talking about it before we do. But go on, James, over to you. <laughs> well, it, it was... Is this an article you're writing? I wasn't no, aware, it, but go it, on. You know, um, what, what I do, they, they went off in small groups, didn't they, for the week. So they were given, essentially, from from that game uh, last weekend, they were they report back to Melwood on, on, on Monday. So they, they had kind of eight, nine days. And... I, I did actually. It was after the game at Shrewsbury. Actually, I actually said to Klopp, "So you know, how, um, you know, how much time have they got off?" And mm. he took quite offence at the word. He was like, "Off? What do you mean off?" He said, "They are not off. They each have they each have their own independent plan." And then <laughs> and then when I checked it out afterwards, it basically they went. Most of them went away in groups of four or five different parts of the world. I think probably people have seen it on social media. You know, they like I think it was Oxley Chamberlain, Van Dyke, Wijnaldum um, were among the ones that went to Dubai. I think Trent. Lalana were amongst the ones in uh, Miami. Uh, Gomez was in LA with a few of the others. I think a couple of the Brazilians went to um, the Maldives. And basically, a member of Liverpool's fitness staff went went with each group. Each of them, essentially. So yeah, not 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 massively taxing, but I think it was it was just more Liverpool's plan was yes, you want them to rest, but you also don't you, your body doesn't need nine days of you know lying on a sun lounger. Mm. You know it's these are finely tuned athletes, and they also need to getting, eat correctly as yeah, well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, the you know the nutrition side of it is is massive as well, and so so yeah, they've been doing you know doing fitness sessions, doing some ball work, but not you know not not to the same degree of work as if they were here. It's more a case of just ticking it over to ensure that they've you know they, they come back to Melwood today and are um, you know are sharp and and ready to go again. So, Simon, you would have seen the picture that Mo Salah posted where he was in the gym saying, enjoying my winter break, almost sarcastically. So Mo's decided just to stay at home and and train. Is is Melwood just simply open doors anyway for the players who decided, no, we'll just get our heads down and keep working through it? Well, it was a bit different for Mo because his wife was expecting uh, the birth of the child. So, obviously, that's why they didn't travel. But uh, to be honest, I wouldn't wouldn't have been surprised by that with, with Salah because he's actually he's addicted to gym work I mean I spoke about it last week it seems like I'm obsessed by his six his pack his muscles but <laughs> he, um, you know he, he, he really does take care of himself I'd say probably more than than any of the players and that's not to say the other players don't so yeah Melwood's has been open for I mean I know there was a lot of talk about James Milner last week being at that Shrewsbury match but let's not forget he's been injured as well so it's not a case of go on James off on your holiday he, he, he He's actually been away in the international breaks when, you know, the other players are off playing for the for the international team. So there's a there's an idea, you know, that he's actually had quite a lot of time off already. So I'm not wasn't surprised actually. I know he's got a lot of credit for oh James Miller's been great, you know, sort of helping out with the younger players. But he actually was meant to be at Melwood, I think. Yeah. He, he was he, completing yeah. his rehab as well. Yeah, he's completing he was, his rehab. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so he had to be there. But you know, nevertheless, you know, good of him to to really sort of give them the backing that they needed. But so yeah. Um, so yeah, they're all back in now. When people are listening to this, so it gives them plenty of time to to get back in. You know, the the mindset of being, um, you know, for the, for the games to come. I mean, I know I was speaking to a few people last week, and the Klopp was just the attitude. Look, it, it helps just to for him to have the break from them as well, because he is all over them all the time. You know what I mean? And just to mentally just just not switch off entirely, but just have a different different voice in your heads because he, he, he's, he's a proper head worker. So Klopp's completely separated from them, isn't it? There's no contact, as far as you're aware, with the, no, the they, players they've got, they've got their, their WhatsApp yeah. groups and all the rest of it. I'm sure there would yeah. be 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think he'd be like bombarding them. Is there one WhatsApp group the, for, um, for the senior players and the manager? The, uh, they, have, they have a WhatsApp group. The, the, yeah, the manager has Can you tell us more, players. And, anyway. <laughs> <yeah>. the, um, <laughs> well, one thing that did right, make me on. laugh, though, I noticed Alison Becker was allowed to go back to Rio. It's like, and I know that Carnival... Yeah, yeah. Well, he, Carnival was, he, was, he was training as well, wasn't he? Yeah, with Fluminense. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, when's, is Carnival on at the moment? Good job they missed that one. <laughs> you know? Right, let's continue with Alison. Sam sent a good question in. Uh, a Virgil van Dijk and Alison likely to get new contracts in the summer. Uh, and are we likely to have more of an outlay this summer, given last summer was quiet? So we've spoken a little bit about transfers, haven't we? And you've probably answered that previously on the pod. But Virgil and Alisson, new contracts, yeah. is that on the table? Yeah, How yeah, long yeah. have they got left? Oh, they both, neither of them are, you know, neither of them are kind of marked urgent. You know, the only one that's marked urgent at the moment is Gini Wijnaldum, who's only got a year left after this one. I think, I think with Alisson and Van Dijk, it's more... It, it, it's more recognizing mm. the huge steps they've made forward since they joined the club. I mean, both. You know, I know for a fact Van Dyke. Um, you know, his his contract is heavily incentivized anyway, so it's not like these guys are kind of stuck on the the amount that they got when they they first walked in. Same with you know, same with Allison as well, because that's the way that Liverpool structure all their contracts. But yeah, I think there's a there's kind of a a, a, a feeling inside the club that you need to recognize and reward just how important those two especially have become. So I think, yeah, I think that there'll be two two contracts to get looked at in the summer. But again, I'd be surprised if anything happened before then. In terms of like, I think I think it's actually quite difficult to say at the moment what, how busy Liverpool will be in the market in the summer. Because I think, and it goes back to what we were saying before about people like Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones. I think at the moment, Klopp is almost kind of having to weigh up where are these kids you know, I think I think they've so many of them have impressed him this season. Like you know, you we you know, not doesn't seem like long ago we were going or oh, Liverpool have to go and buy backup fullbacks because you know they, they you know there's the demands placed on Trent and Andy Robertson are just too great. But I think I think we're already at a position now where we go there's absolutely zero need to go and buy a backup right back mm-hmm. because Nico Williams is good enough to play in the Premier League now. He's like um, unbelievably good whenever he stepped in this season. I think probably on the other flank that's more of an argument. I'd, I'd say, I think I still is a bit of a leap of faith to think that Yasser Larucci or Adam Lewis are ready for that level. If anything happened to Andy Robertson, so I think it wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool went and got a, a backup left back this summer. But even that can be problematic because it's always, yeah. you know you think people say, well, you know, go and get Chilwell or something. It's like, well, you know, it's just you know that's just like that's fantasy, isn't it? How much is it going to cost to get him, and why would you pay that kind of money when someone he's only going to be back up to Andy Robertson? Um, and then the other pressing concern, I think, is at the top end of the field, where because of the Africa Cup of Nations midway through next season and losing Salah and Mane, you know, and especially because I, I think Shakiri will go as well. I think Lalana and Shakiri will both go. But then I, I think Liverpool will have to go and sign an attacking player. And that's already a main focus for them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's absolutely no way Liverpool are going to go and spend £120 million on Jadon Sancho. To just to come in to compete with the existing top th- uh, front three because I just don't think that would be a Liverpool type deal. Mm. Um, I think the only way Liverpool would ever go for like a, an Mbappe or a Sancho would be if, as we talked about earlier, one of the front three suddenly turned around and said, "I want, I want a new challenge," but I don't see that happening. Right, Simon uh, Coxie says um, changing priorities. If the Premier League gets wrapped up while still undefeated. Do you start resting players for the Champions League? What's more important? Ultimately, is it trophies or setting new records? Mm. 
I've had this discussion with got lots, to be trophies. Lots of people. It has to be, doesn't it? How can it be a discussion? Well, funda- I think it fundamentally, you remember for trophies. I think, aren't it's, you? I think it's worth the discussion, mainly because I'm not saying that I agree with the opposite points of view, but I, I do think that team like you know, it's all about Arsenal now, like that that Arsenal team that went unbeaten, like they're spoken about now as the greatest. That you would say them, the Man United '99 team that obviously did the treble. And then the Arsenal team, and then maybe one of the Chelsea early Mourinho teams. But that Arsenal team, I, th- I think they got knocked out in the. I'm right in saying they got knocked out in the mm. quarterfinals of the Champions League that season. I might be right. May, whether that came at the expense, whether it, that you know, obviously it was the the the. Que- I don't know at the time. Be interested to listen to Arsene Wenger. Like, how, which point did it become the priority to go unbeaten? Because it must have done at some point. But I just think that we talk about that team now. You know, you've got to remember in 30, 40 years' time, if Liverpool were to say win every other game this season and drop points in one game, that would establish them as the greatest ever team to win the Premier League. It'd never, ever be beaten. Now, I know what you're saying about the Champions League. At the expense of something else. I'm not, I can understand the arguments around it. I'm not, I'm understand, without, without, being, loose arguments, without, so. sit, without sitting on the fence about it. Because I, I would, my instinct is to say win the Champions League again. But then sometimes I think, can you imagine if they, imagine if they won it? Every other game between now and then. I know it sounds a bit mad, but this, they've done it so far, haven't they? You know, so you'd view it as a success if they um, went to the end of the season without dropping points in all the other games, but they got to a Champions League semi-final I, well, and never made would, it over yeah. the line. Yeah, 100%. As much of a success. Let's not forget the start of the season. James, so, so would you, so would you rather... <laughs> I'm not right, OK, yes. win, win the. He's in a corner now. So would you rather win the Champions League or go unbeaten in the Premier League? If you had to I'd rather win the Champions League. Right. But I can understand okay. the arguments right. of the other sides. I feel like I'm in the middle of a Pierce Hothersall sandwich. <laughs> no, no. How dare I suggest? <laughs> well, actually, I don't think you're alone. Yeah. You know, I think there, there is that imagine, discussion. You, it seems to be at the fore, doesn't it? Yeah. I'd rather he prioritised the FA Cup well, yeah. and reach the point where than, than worried too much about Going unbeaten in the, in the hmm. I also think going unbeaten in the Premier League. You look at the games Liverpool got left. There's not, there's only a couple that jump out at you that even I think that there's That's a real, awesome. you know, especially I know you know obviously the caveat is things can change fast, but with the injury situation clearing up, I mean Milner now hmm. back available. Sadio Mane was out doing ball work at Melwood yesterday. You know he could be ready for Norwich. You know suddenly hmm. you know the the way that even even we look ahead to that Chelsea FA Cup tie in a few weeks time. And you know it will be a very different Liverpool team that plays than compared to the one that beat Shrewsbury last week because I think Klopp will have five, six, maybe even seven mm. senior players who actually do genuinely need to play in in that game. So then that you know that that suddenly brings the FA Cup into focus. And I you know I would I would much rather see Klopp dedicate and go for winning the FA Cup and the Champions League on top of the the Premier League than worrying too much about being invincibles. I, t- I think your legacy can be reflected on by stats as well. Though. And if you yeah, talk to uh, some former players like uh, Phil Thompson, David Fairclough, they'll always refer to 78-79 and say, we only conceded 16 goals 100%. and just four of them were at Anfield. So stats do become quite relevant for players. Well, uh, th- it might be a, a bad way of sort of by comparison, but I remember when I was in Egypt doing that sa- the Salah background piece, all the Egyptians were obsessed by stats and records. And I th- that might be because there's two dominant clubs. So it means that, you know, any little bit of trivia, you're going to cling yeah. on to it. Whereas mm. we're not so bothered about that in this country. I think because there's been a greater variety of clubs winning 
competitions and trophies over a number of years, even though I know now it seems like it's been sort of narrowed than amongst teams that can win it. But ultimately, I, I, I would... I'm, I'm trying to think about it in the long term, trying to think about it in terms of the experience as well. Because last, last, last summer, winning the Champions League in Madrid on a personal and professional level was one of the greatest thrills that I've ever had, you know, in spite of, you know, people say, oh, the game is a bit, you know, a bit boring. But for me, I, I think that's the way Liverpool needed to win that game. They needed to get, you know, I think they'll have gained more actually by winning the hard way than than, than winning three or four nil. But, and that's probably served them well going into this season in many ways. But so yeah, I'd, I'd much rather they did, but I can understand the discussion around because it, it is tantalising. Imagine in 30 years time, you've got the claim that no team's ever going to beat your record ever. It's not very, there's very few occasions in football when you get the opportunity to tread new ground and that will be new ground, whereas people, other teams have won the, the Champions League in the league or the treble or whatever. Nobody be able to even lay a glove on that. I don't think a team would ever... That's obviously to say the team win every other game. Maybe that's the mm. trade-off, I guess. You know, Maybe you say, well, they win every other game. It's and a, they, they I think what you're saying is it's a bit like the defining seasons, like Aguero scoring the last-minute goal. That's defining, you remember You remember Leicester winning the league. But there's a lot of other league seasons that you actually don't remember exactly, exactly. how they were won or why they were won. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I wonder I wonder whether James's opinion particularly might change <laughs> oh, if he gets knocked it. out of the Champions League <laughs> and then it suddenly becomes the un- unbeatable season. You know? Well, yeah, it would do, definitely. Hey. If you don't get past... <laughs> if you don't get past get past Atletico then yeah. suddenly I think yeah, yeah. going unbeaten in the yeah. Premier League does become a pro- but the Champions League is huge isn't it yeah, like, it is. you, it is. You, like, are, you are right yeah, yeah I mean, it's going to be a massive we could have done weeks. a full programme on that right Let, let's move to our final question this is a brilliant one this is from Paul Snowden who, uh, who uh, I think is a friend of, of both of yours, but he still sent the question in, so thank you very much, Paul. Uh, and he says, assuming we're finally going to win the league at the 30th time of asking, which Liverpool player would you like to see net the goal that officially clinches the title? Because that's a piece of history, isn't it? My choice is a VAR-given James Milner penalty <laughs> at the cop end in the second half cloppage time. I'm not sure you can much better that, but um, yeah. Paul's been thinking about this a bit. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. come up with your own dramatic solution to uh, to winning the league. One would be Trent Alexander-Arnold, just no matter how how it went in. But I think for a for a local lad to score the goal that mm. won Liverpool their their first title for 30 years, that would be that would be a special way to to do it. And then and I think the other one would be would be Jordan Henderson with the you know as we've discussed a few times on this podcast the you know the journey he's had and the, you know in, for the season he's had for it to end in that fashion w- with with that kind of iconic moment i think that would be mm. that would be incredible just for the pure comedy value obviously yeah. bringing andy lonergan off the bench to, uh, <laughs> to 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 mark his liverpool debut with the goal i think he um you know what like i think he's what what a season you imagine i, I want to have a chat with him at some point andy lonergan because obviously he's never going to play for liverpool won the and and have a league winners medal yeah i mean he was yeah. his, his last competitive game was it you know for, was it rochdale or something he was yeah yeah he was you know he was training at blackpool or some, somewhere not that long you know like you know last summer desperately you know, and then won the lottery james yeah and yeah, then, then the you know, he's had he's had the best seat in the house yeah to watch the best team in the <laughs> premier league history to just absolutely tear up the record books all season so. right two scenarios there simon well i'd go along with the henderson thing because i think he obviously he's had the moments of the of lifting the champions league and he'll have the moment of lifting the premier league trophy but he hasn't had many moments on the pitch like that that moment you know as you said the aguero that's an aguero moment isn't mm. it like sort of 
he hasn't scored. Maybe last season you could argue his goal against Southampton was was a moment, wasn't yeah. it? Where it felt like he grew a lot of confidence out, out of that moment, didn't he? And I think from that was a bit of a. Uh, it was a, it was, it was a defining he? game for him, I, I think that because yeah, he, he came off the his, bench. That was the longest drought of his Liverpool career before that. Yeah, goal. and he was, you know, spot. He was brilliant from that point onwards. So I would say he needs probably an on the pitch moment where everybody's just like, oh, I remember that when he did that. So that would be great for him. Alternative, I'd say Divokarigi, just because he's always there, isn't he? It's like suddenly you won't, you won't hear from him, and then he'll just arrive at the back post and scuff one in with his back foot, or score as he did in Madrid with a brilliant finish. I mean, I think it would be actually. Quite fitting, really, um, for, for Irigi to to, mm. to score because he's again just an incredible story. I mean, I, I just love the fact that people again going back to old oh, players that we should replace. Oh, we can do better than Irigi, but he scores against big teams in big moments. So I wouldn't I wouldn't back against him not you know being that person. I think you could pick any of them. Yeah, that, that and that's the strange thing. We're isn't being it? a bit we're being a bit greasy. Here it is really. But Milner, <laughs> Henderson, Origi, Virgil Van Dijk would be a brilliant yeah. one, wouldn't he? Move off the woodwork yeah. and then into the. But there's so many of them that it, that it would work, wouldn't it? But um, I think when we get to that moment, you will look back on the season and there will be a couple of defining moments. For me, it'll be Mo Salah against United. He was just just below me. Great moment of celebration. Oh yeah. Um, me, I, my, my, my. I think there's a fact I've said it. I'm boring people. You're not going to mention Villa away. Villa away. Not a podcast. Maybe because because James wasn't there to see it. So I'm going to say, James, have you heard him yeah, mention yeah, Villa yeah, away Villa before? Away is or the his game. trip to Egypt. Not yeah, for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boys, fantastic. We'll uh, we'll regroup next week when, of course, um, they'll probably be back in action, won't they? So uh, we'll have another Red Agenda podcast for you. Uh, in a week's time. Hope you enjoyed that one. And we love your questions, so please send them in uh, to our inbox, generally just an hour before we record because we're really not clever enough to keep them for a week and then sort them out. <laughs> so uh, we'll appeal for them on social media an hour before we get underway next week. That was the Red Agenda on The Athletic. Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com. Uh, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash athletic and pay the postage of £4.95. And if that wasn't good enough, as a listener of The Athletic Podcast, you'll get two extra free beers. So that's ten free beers. Uh, Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They travel the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest craft breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand and many more. But they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands. Uh, your case will also include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment and the beery snacks thrown in just to top it all off. Just go to uh, www.beer52.com forward slash athletic to get your free case. And don't forget right now, the athletic listeners get two extra free beers. Thank you.